0: Good morning again to everybody. A little on the nervous side this morning. It's not normal for me, Uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, it's it's an honor for me to be able to speak today on Father's Day. You know, uh, it's a blessing to have my dad here today, uh, my father-in-law here today, and uh, and, uh, they came despite I was speaking. And uh, so uh, we just give a praise and thanks for that. Uh, just out of curiosity, just for the day's sake, for my, who is the oldest father in the building? Do we have any 90-year-old fathers standing in this building today? I'll back up to 89. Got 89 over here, sold for 89. All right. I thought Wayne Drone would be here to steal the show. But uh, nevertheless, uh we are thankful to be here today. And before we start, before I start this morning, I'd like to open in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just give you praise and thanks to be in your house today on Father's Day, where we honor our fathers, Lord. We give you praise for one thing that you are the ultimate Father, that you care for all of us. And we give you praise and thanks. And we I ask you today, Lord, that that I would say the things that would be pleasing to you and be honoring to you, Lord, as I share from the word today, Lord. And I ask you to bless this service in your son Jesus' name I pray. You know, I couldn't have picked two better songs today. Uh, I don't know who was doing the song picking, but uh, How Great Is Our God and "And How Great Thou Art, go along with my sermon today because he is great. And uh, I have an unusual... Um, father's day uh, scripture to read today it's not typically something you would read for father's day Uh, but it is uh, from acts 26 27 through 29 where paul was before king agrippa and he says king agrippa believest thou the prophets i know that thou believest then agrippa said unto paul almost thou persuadest me to be a christian and paul said I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am accepted these bonds. Paul is standing before King Agrippa on trial. And he's not concerned about himself. He's concerned about the souls of those who are around him. A little backstory on this situation here. Paul, as we know, was one of the great men in the church at that time. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, of the strictest sect. Paul, at that time, was named Saul, and he was going about persecuting the church. He was persecuting Christians, but we know he had a, a change when he was on his way on the road to Damascus, where he met with Jesus in a unique way. And Jesus changed his life, and he went from Saul to Paul and became one of the greatest uh, prophets of our t- of, the, of the time and wrote many of the New Testament uh, scriptures. And we owe a lot to Paul. But Paul, there he was, standing before King Agrippa, pleading contending for them to say, hey, look, you need to know the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You need to know Him. And as he sat there, I'm thinking as as Father's Day is here, that is what we need to be doing as fathers. And not just fathers, but as believers. As believers, we need to be standing before the world and contending for the world that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. That's what we need to be doing as believers. And as fathers especially, we are the leaders of our families. No more important role for a father than to contend for his, his wife and his children, his loved ones and his family, his co-workers, that no one would be left behind. No one would be left behind. And I also believe that we need to be contenders For this also, that we as believers on a daily basis, are we contending for the word of God? Are we almost persuaded to serve God on a daily basis? Are we almost persuaded on a daily basis to pray for those around us? Are we almost persuaded to pray for those that need our prayers? Are we praying for our family and loved ones on a daily basis? Are we almost persuaded to do what we are talking about as believers? Every single day, we should be confronting the evil one and standing up for those around us. We all know somebody who needs prayer. It may be, it may be our nation we're concerned about, which it definitely needs prayer right now. But we need to contend for those in this body. And we need to be the ones that we're not going to be almost persuaded. We need to be persuaded on a daily basis that we stand for the Word of God. And i got a few scriptures I want to read to you today to encourage you to know what the Lord has promised you today. He has promised you some amazing things. And we need to stand on these promises. You know, because in this world, we live in a world today that that if we don't start standing on these promises, we're going to lose more and more. If the church itself is losing, a poll was recently put out that six percent of believers in this world, in this country, six percent. I'm losing my headset here. Technology stuff. Six uh, percent of believers were polled, and only six percent could give a Christian view of an event going on today in this world. 6%. I pray that is wrong. And it is, I pray that definitely that 6% of the congregation I look at today here at Grace Fellowship, that is completely wrong. That we can stand and profess when we hear something going on in the news that that is not the way God would have it be. of our pastors, and I thank God that this church has had wonderful pastors over the year to stand in this pulpit and preach the word of God. But 40 it's only 41% nationwide that are teaching a biblical worldview. 41%. 59% of the people going to church today are, are hearing a drowned down gospel so that everybody feels good. That's where we are in the church today. But as I said, I want to share with you some scripture today that will encourage us, I believe. John 16, These things I have spoken unto you, that you might find peace. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Now i got a different version in uh, that's here. It says... These things I have spoken unto you, Bentley, that in me you might have peace, that in the world, Bentley, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's promising me and you. We need to put our names in that Bible sometimes. And write it in there and say, hey, he's talking to me directly. Not somebody else. He's talking to me. We live in a world where Satan is loose and running around and just doing horrible things. But he's telling us he is still in the ultimate control, ultimately in control of this world. Third John, chapter 1, second verse. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may as prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. I got a different version for that one too. Bentley, I wish above all things that you may as prosper and be in good health as your soul, Bentley, prospers. He's talking to me and you again. Now somebody might go, well, Bentley's doing that prosper preaching stuff. You betcha. And let me explain what I mean by prosper preaching. We all know somebody in our lifetime, maybe some little old lady or some little old gentleman, who when you see them, they beam with the glory of God. It just follows them wherever they go like a shadow. And maybe they don't have a lot in this world. Maybe they got a nice little home somewhere. They got a car that's 30 years old, runs like a top. But every time you see them, they beam with the glory of God. That's prospering. That's what that scripture is talking about. Because it says when your soul prospers. That means when you walk with God on a daily basis. Your soul prospers. He's going to look after you. That's what that says right there. We are being told promises. As you sit here today. You're probably thinking of promises. That God has already told you. You know about. There's just They got books with promises in them. You can go up and look at all the promises in the Bible or in there. And it just can lift you up. Now, some of the promises get pretty strong on us. And tell us some other promises that we might not like to hear. Luke 7, 28. For I say unto you, among those that are born of a woman, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now I'm going to go back with another version of that. For I say unto you, Bentley, among those that are born of a woman, there is not one greater than the prophet John the Baptist, but the least of them in the kingdom is greater than he. He's talking to you and I again. You know, John the Baptist was a great man of God. He was the foreteller of Jesus coming to this earth. But yet he had not received the glory that Jesus, when he hung on that cross and he came, rose from the dead and God had endured him with all power and then all power was given to you and me. John hadn't received that yet. And maybe that's why that verse is there. John fourteen, twelve through fifteen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth in me and do the works that I do shall do also greater works than I than excuse me, than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you shall ask it in anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I'm going to go back with a different version. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Bentley, Bentley, that believeth on me the works that I do, Bentley do also. The greater works than these shall Bentley do, because I go to unto my Father. And whatsoever Bentley shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if Bentley shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And if Bentley will love me and keep my commandments... It's a key one right there. Keep my commandments. We need to put, you need to put your names where I'm putting my name. He's not just talking to me. He's talking to all of us. What power He has given to us. And He told this to the disciples just before He ascended into heaven. That they would have these disabilities. To go. And we know this is true because Peter and John and all the disciples that were left went around preaching the gospel and teaching the Word of God and healing people and praying for people and doing just wonderful things because Jesus had left them the power that God had given him. Jesus had left him the power and he left it to you and me. He didn't just stop there. It didn't stop after the, 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 the disciples went out. It still goes on today if we but believe and put our faith in God each and every day and and contend for Him for these gifts, for these abilities. He didn't stop miracles and stuff because He died and went to heaven. And we know it because we see miracles happen all the time. We need to be men and women of salt and light in this world to stand on the promises that God has given to us. And I'm just reading you but a few promises today that God has given us. And the last promise that, that he's got here, the scripture I want to read is from Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, when I first, when I really dug into that and looked at that, I didn't like it when Jesus called, when they, when, when the Lord called me wicked. That's not a very comforting thought. But he's not talking about to the unbeliever. He's talking about to the believer. When my people who are called by my name, Humble themselves, I will forgive them, and I will heal their land. you know I get it sometimes I get talking with my truck driving buddies at night, we share we do we actually share the word of God on the, on the on the phone at night, and sometimes I get myself in trouble when I start talking about the Lord and I say things that puzzles people and I may say something I've said something today that that I hope I didn't offend anybody so far today but I believe the Bible tells you if you deny me before men I will deny you before my father and we need to take that to heart you know We pray, and I don't think there's a person in this building today that doesn't pray. But how do we pray? Do we pray in Jesus' name? Do we pray uh, half-heartedly? Are we praying and contending for one another? Do, is there a love in this church for one another? Is there a love in the body of Christ when we pray? And I think the Bible's pretty clear that when we pray... If there's anything in you at that moment in time that will hinder you, your heart at that time, I don't believe your prayers do a bit of good. You're lifting up to God a concern or something, but you've got ill will or discontent or something for a brother, and I'm going to be honest with you, there's been some times in almost my 60 years on this earth that I've sat in a church and had
1: anger towards a brother in Christ or towards someone else. And I came to church and I believe the word does not go void.
0: But I said in church and I prayed and I'll tell you, I've learned one thing over the years. Don't take, don't take communion when you do that. If you come to church when your heart is not at ease, Bible clearly says, do not take that communion cup. And it hurts me to tell you that I've been at church and had anger in my heart at somebody. Because we shouldn't do that. But I believe if I were to step right there and start to come out and pray for somebody that moment in time and I hadn't asked forgiveness from God for that or settled that issue that prayer went void. He didn't hear it. I'm often careful now how I pray. And I may get myself right here in a lot of trouble when I say what I'm about to say. But when I pray, I do not pray uh, very often Lord, if it be your will for things, for this or that, then that may stun some people. Because when I pray, I don't believe that everything that happens in this world is God's will. And I think we have to be careful when we pray in God's name that we aren't praying and using God's... Well, if it's God's will that so-and-so be healed or God's will that so-and-so be saved or God's will here and there... That when we pray that way, is it to make us feel better? Because it's on God now. He, you know, that, we left that on God. Because if it didn't happen, well, it was God's will. Well, maybe it's because God was waiting on us to contend and fight and pray for our bro- brothers and sisters in Christ. Or this unbeliever. Because let me tell you a little bit about what I believe about God's will. God's will is not that anybody should die and go to hell. Happens every day. God's will is not for me and you to sin. Sorry to say, for me it happens every day. It is not God's will for little ones to have cancer and die. That's not part of God's plan. You know, sometimes when we pray, it takes years for things to occur. I'm going to give you a couple examples. Jonathan Job, some of you remember Jonathan Job's father was late in years when he finally, after years of praying, gave his life to the Lord just before he passed away. That's awesome that he, but it took so long, but Jonathan didn't give up. My friend Ricky Strickland, I went to high school with his father in the middle of COVID in a nursing home, gave his life to the Lord. A few days later, he passed away and went on to be with the Lord. It took years. It took almost 60 years of praying. But Ricky didn't give up. And he knows today because he made sure, he questions his dad in his confused state to make over and over again, Daddy, do you understand what I ask you? And he said, I did. And He did, and I believe with all my heart that my Father, I will see Him again someday in heaven. You know, we don't always get the answer we want immediately. Tell you an odd little story about me one time. I was working for a place in town and had to, to go take the company truck somewhere. It was early in the morning, and I was locked myself out of the company truck, sitting there running. Couldn't get in it. So this was an older vehicle. I got me, went inside it, couldn't find the extra keys. The boss had them. I got me a clothes hanger, the old clothes hanger trick. And I'm just doing, and I'd done it before. I'd done it on other vehicles. I knew how to do it. I could open that vehicle. I knew I could. I sat there for 30 minutes, fiddling with that clothes hanger, and I couldn't do it. And all of a sudden, I just just fell again. I knew my boss was going to arrive any minute and wanted to know why I was still there. And I fell against the side of that truck and I said, Lord, I need you to open this truck. I got to go. And you can believe me or whatever you want to. I pulled that clothes hang up and that door opened just like that and I was gone. (laughs) It took me 30 minutes, 30 minutes to ask God for help. Now, that's a simple little story. It's funny. But it didn't happen until I prayed. I was trying to do it on my own. And I think that's the problem with the church today. We're trying as churches, we come up with all kinds of things. And don't get me wrong, this church does a lot of wonderful things. It does. It's got a lot of wonderful people in it. But we as believers have to contend for one another. We have to be like Paul and sit there. I don't want anybody I know almost persuaded and miss out. I don't want to be a believer in Jesus Christ and almost persuaded on a daily basis to do what I know is the right thing to do. I'm going to close in just a second, but I've got one more story about, you know, you know. I, I believe my dad being here today is a miracle. There was time
1: in the last a couple of years we could have lost him. But he's here today because of prayer. But there's a lady today that's in heaven today, but she's not here. And I'm privileged to know that that she was my mother-in-law for almost 30 years. And we prayed for her with tears coming down our eyes. And that prayer didn't get answered the way we thought it would be. But I can tell you right now, it did get answered. I know that where she is today, she's there before the Lord. And a little small prayer did get answered. She had can't, she had laying there in one day. At the hospital,
0: Mr. Gunn walked in and said, how are you doing? And she said, I'm doing just fine. And she hadn't spoken in a
1: couple of days. <laughs> we didn't get the miracle we wanted. But she got to, in a few days, tell her husband, her children, her
0: brothers, her sisters, and her grandchildren that she loved them
1: one more time. What a miracle. Not everybody gets that. And when I talk about when we pray, it's God's will, there is a promise.
0: God says that in Romans 8, all things work together for those who love the Lord. And He can take whatever situation you're in and whatever you're praying for, you might not get the answer you wanted. You might not get the The hope or the answer. You might, that loved one may leave this world. That wasn't God's fault. But God's gonna use that for His glory. God's gonna use that to change something, somewhere, somebody. And He's gonna be glorified. He's gonna be the one who benefits from that. And if we but just take a chance, and lift our eyes towards God on a daily basis and tend for one another. Let me tell you something. There's a reason why Paul said or the Bible says we should pray without ceasing. You can't get in too much trouble praying. If you're truly praying for somebody, it's hard to hate them. If you're if you're praying for somebody, you, your mind don't wander and get you in trouble. We are to contend for those in this world. We are to contend for our families and our, believer, our family members. We are instructed to do so. I'm going to go ahead and ask the praise band to come up and take their places. I'm going to do a little something different today. I know that everybody here knows somebody that needs to be contended for, needs to be prayed for, needs to be persuaded. Maybe that person is you. Maybe you need to to fix that walk with the Lord. Maybe there's somebody that burdens your heart, a loved one, a friend or family member, whatever. There's not a person in here that doesn't know somebody that needs the Lord. And as the praise band gets ready and close, and, and uh, I know Brother Harold is going to close us in a benediction, but I'm going to ask you, as fellow believers, if you're able, and there's somebody burdening your heart today, I'm going to ask you to come down to this pulpit today and join me as we pray for. Maybe it's our nation or a loved one. But I know right now, every one of you can think of somebody that needs praying for. And I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and start playing. And I'm going to go down front and I'm going to ask you to join me. And it may be that I'm the only one down here that needs prayer. But I believe with all my heart there's somebody here on your heart that you need to come down and pray for.